concerned about my happiness But all that thought you're giving me is conscience, I guess If I were walking in your shoes, I wouldn't worry enough Are you and your friends are worried about me, I'm having lots of fun We kick off hour number two of the program. It's brought to you by the Knoxville TVA employees, credit union, huge Vol fans over there. Good day for them. They love to serve you as well. Their customer service is unmatched. It's the official credit union of three and out. It has been for years now. And uh, we're members. You should be too. Anything a bank can do, they've got you covered. Great online and app banking options as well. And there's branches all over. They just opened the new one out there at uh, North Shore town center area so check them out there's a branch near you i'm sure they're all over east tennessee it's the knoxville tva employees credit union online at tvacreditunion.com yeah we're talking about kansas during the break i mean they they lost four out of six um but i mean i just it's never really got punished for it but like crest said in the break that came at like a time when everyone else was playing bad it's also not teams like vanderbilt it's teams in the top 20 so kansas right now against quad one opponents is 12 and 5 i mean i just like if if you you know if if you you because adam asked the question if you went out like can you get back all the way back to a one seed yeah i mean if if a team like kansas loses a couple games sure because i think um I mean, if you can kind of even up the the resumes, obviously their their strength of schedule, that part of it is going to stay stronger in terms of the committee. But if they can take on some water here late, and then you've got the head to head from early in the season, I mean, you you could theoretically take that spot, I guess. And then Alabama's the other option. I mean, if you can clearly show that you're better than them. Um, you know, if you went out and they lose some games and then you, like, beat them in the tournament or finish ahead of them, that's that's a possibility. You can't really, you know, Houston and Purdue, like, if they win, they're going to hold their spots. And they should. Yeah. Uh, Alabama right now 7-4 and four in quad one. Tennessee is 6-2. and two. Uh, Your your best teams against quad one this year, uh, you got Kansas with 12 wins against quad one opponents. Purdue with nine. How many losses? What do you have the full record? Yeah, there? so Kansas against quad one opponents is twelve and five. Purdue is nine and three. Baylor nine and six. Texas nine and six. And then Iowa State rounds out the top five at eight and seven. And then on the outside looking in, team we talked about a little bit the other day, uh shockingly, Northwestern. They are seven and four against quad one opponents, and they're even three and one in quad one A games. It's going to be hard for them to catch Purdue, but they still have a shot at the Big Ten title. Yeah, they do. Which is insane. Do they get them another? Do they get them one more time this year, or was it just one and done? One moment. I don't keep up with Northwestern basketball that much, but, I mean, they are a – they're looking pretty No, they only play year. them once this year. Uh, Tennessee is four and one in quad one A games, so – Tennessee has six losses. Mm-hmm. They are five and one against ranked teams. So weird. <laughs> it's the most backwards yeah. thing ever. Because well, Kansas, like every one of their losses is is to quad a top. One. Yeah, we are three and four in quad two games. Three and four. Yeah, that's weird. And a team like Kansas is undefeated in those games. That mm-hmm. that's the difference. Well, that's what. And it's it's obviously a day to be positive, and we're all excited about last night. But that is one of the things that is so scary. 
No, I wouldn't say uh, to a degree. It's just baffling. It's baffling that this team can play so. Not even that they necessarily play so well, but I mean, I, I've been saying it for a couple weeks. They tend to play kind of to that level of competition. And there's been now there have been some teams that were bad that we just stomped all over, and that's fine. But it is weird when we play a ranked team, the defense gets better. You know, we hit the key shots, we make the key play, and then when we when we're the the hunted, when we're the top ranked team or the only ranked team in a matchup, uh, it's like we I don't know if we get caught by surprise or it seems like we start to kind of feel ourselves a little bit. It's just I think our margin of error is just smaller. It is because when Missouri hits a bunch of threes, you might get beat. Sure, and I mean it, it took a desperation one going in to actually lose the game, but I mean. You could have easily just won that game, just been a little luckier, as Nate Oates put it. Mm-hmm. And then the, the Vanderbilt game, I felt like we didn't – that one we didn't play well. And, you know, I mean – And they hit some they, tough they shots, too. They hit too. some shots, but it wasn't I – mean, they, they didn't he, feel as unlucky in that one. I mean, Vescovi missing those free well, throws kind yeah, of did. Yeah, the same against Missouri. The yeah. Away well, and that's, that's another thing that makes it so frustrating is you look at Tennessee's losses, and really with the exception of – Colorado, like you've been in every other game with five or so minutes to go. You know, there's there's not a lot of games where you just say, "Yep, Tennessee didn't show up and they got blasted." Florida, five minutes to go, you're up by four. Well, yeah, but I mean, it it obviously ended very very poorly. But yeah, you were you know you played like crap. Yeah, you stretch. did. You played really bad. Tough tough night for them with Caston breaking his hand. I'd say their tournament hopes are gone. He was basically all they had. 19 and 6 and you are 5 and 1 in top 25 games. That is baffling. It makes you feel pretty good if you can get past the second round that you're going to be seeing teams that should get you a little more focused. But you got to you got to get there first and right now teams that don't have a number by their name have given us yeah. the most trouble. Yeah, and you just you just don't have you don't have the margin of error of a of a team that scores more points. Like the more points you score in basketball, the bigger the mm-hmm. difference can be obviously in the in the margin. And so that just makes it tough. I mean, you lost to Kentucky 63-56. I mean, it was the same type of game as last night. Mm-hmm. You lost to Vanderbilt 66-65, you know. Like that's a team that typically scores more. Yeah. And you you know, you got the game in the 60s, but like you said, you missed you some free throws, yep. you could you score a little more, you win that game. Um it's Yeah. I mean, Tennessee just has bad losses compared to some of the teams at the top. But now But now you've Alabama, got some of the best wins. Yeah, with the Alabama win, I think that you can kind of change that narrative. Now you got five games left and four of them I would consider, you know, tough games. Um the home game against South Carolina should be a win. You're pro- you're projected to win that game by twenty four. Like it, there's not many SEC Wait, what? You're projected to win that game by twenty four points. All right. I mean there's not many conference games where that that's the type of you know projection. Um, all the rest of them are within, you know, uh, two, four, eight, one. You know, it's uh, it's gonna be tough. But these are these are those types of games that will separate the even the twos and the threes. And definitely, mm-hmm. you know. The teams that, that are going to make the one line are the teams that can just consistently win night in, night out. And 
God, it'd been great if we could have if we could just stolen the Vanderbilt or not stolen, but made the free throws and won the Vanderbilt Missouri mm-hmm. game. Or just, just think about the Vandy game. Just how much your outlook on this season and the future of moving forward is if you just hit those free throws. Like not even or if, or, or if Phillips throws down the dunk. Yeah, it's like you're sitting yep. here still thinking like, hey, you know, maybe a one season play and. Well, I think that's what got people so frustrated. Is obviously the the way you lost the Vanderbilt game. I thought was a lot more. This is too strong of word, but the way you lost that game was a lot more damning because then you started to question: Does this team do they know basketball? Yeah, right. Um, you know, you had to inbounds the ball. I know six times in, in the final minute to get them in the bonus, but you had a couple opportunities in with free throws, obviously as well to to ice that game. I mean, they did get that shot off with point one. But people can still say, oh, but Viscovi left the three-point shooter. That's the thing you can't do. Missouri just hit, you know, maybe the toughest shot to beat you. But when they happen back-to-back and they're so similar, I think people just got frustrated. I mean, I don't think we ever said that, Like, except Hickman did say it. We were never out on the team. But as fans watching basketball, that. That, that was just two very frustrating games against subpar opponents back-to-back. Yep. And then to lose to Missouri at home <laughs> – if those games happen a month apart, it's not as exactly big a deal either. exactly. Even if they're both in the same way, I mean, you, people would draw parallels, but not not to the extent. Um, the Big Twelve, I mean, they're all going to beat up on each other some more too. I mean, the next game, like on Saturday, Baylor plays can like Baylor's on the two line, and Lenardi's you know before last night thing. Baylor's got to play Kansas Saturday. Mm-hmm. Got to play Texas the next Saturday. So, I think Tennessee with a strong finish can at least. You know, solidify two seed because there's just one of those teams is going to have to lose some games, or or they're going to have to share them all the way around, and who knows? And the committee will look at well, maybe maybe not. I mean, that's a lot of teams they'd have to look at. like. Do, will they look at that Missouri game and say, oh, well, they didn't have Josiah Jordan James and they didn't have Phillips? They were still trying to figure themselves out. With you know, they're obviously kind of new lineup, and then obviously you beat Bama. So I don't, I don't know how far back and how deep they'd look into that to give you maybe a little bit, a little bit of leeway for the Missouri game. But yeah, probably not. No, the, the the bad thing about those games is, is just that they're you know with their little quad metrics, they they're gonna look bad. But it'll be what's the committee value? Great wins or bad losses? Mm-hmm. You know. And I'm and they'll probably split the difference and you know and you're in a great spot. But Kentucky, A and M, Arkansas, Auburn, like you can win all of those games. You 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 play well, you can win them all. Mm-hmm. But if you play poorly in any of them, you could get beat too. So uh, it'll be it'll be a good it'll be a good stretch. It's good to have those games late in the season. You don't want to be, you know, you kind of do want something to play for. So that that's fine. And you got South Carolina right in the middle, um, as a as a you. you Hopefully, you can get kind of a break there. We're back on the Tuesday schedule, so the guys really need to, you know, hopefully get some rest headed into the trip to Rupp Arena this Saturday. And A&M's going to be hungry. And then course. A&M's on the road again. Well, you know, they're, uh, they're, was, they're sitting on the bubble all year. They, they've been disrespect, been disrespected. Why can't I speak right now? But don't know. That's going to be a tough one. Uh, they're looking for a big win. Uh, they battled back late last night to uh, top Arkansas. So. We've got two, I think, uh, two, think. Like obviously Kansas is a really good neutral site win. We we kind of need a, a couple of these win. road wins late. You know, I, I, going to Kentucky in the eyes of the committee, just looking at, 
you know, avenging quad, that loss from. Early I, I, I in think the that helps, but if you can go to A and M and get a win, I mean that's that's too. Kentucky for just like the historic nature of going to Rupp and then A and M because I think they're just the better team right now compared to Kentucky. Like that'd be that'd be good for this team to get a couple on the road. We don't have a, a very strong road resume. And I mean, if we're yeah. being honest too, like A and M, they snuck in the coaches poll this week. Uh, big win last night. Everyone loves Buzz. If they win this weekend, you might be looking at a top twenty-five matchup there. Good, I want that because we play better in those because they are. I mean, yeah, they're 25th in the coaches' poll, I believe, and they're sitting like the fourth or fifth next team in the top 25, yeah. so about 29th right now. Yeah, and it's a big game. It's a it's a way at Missouri, uh, so it's teams that are kind of jostling for that. Mm-hmm. Yep, those that's SEC a good point. Slot, so to speak. We'll come back with more. Uh, A&M has won their last four, Ooh. and they've only lost two games since December 20th. So A&M, uh, not the toughest schedule, but but really hot at the moment. And a big win of Arkansas last night. We'll run down the other games from last night's college basketball next. Hour 2 continues. This segment brought to you by Malone and Costa Dentistry at Knoxville Smiles. Check them out online at KnoxvilleSmiles.com to uh, take a virtual tour and set up your appointment right there. Last night in SEC basketball, of course the headliner, the Volunteers, 68-59 over Alabama. Uh, Florida beat Ole Miss, 79-64. But as Houston said earlier, uh, Colin Castleton down with it broken hand hate that and that one uh texas a&m got a huge home win 62 56 over arkansas to remain 11 and 2 in the sec buzz yeah arkansas fans are going through it right now and then uh kentucky 71 mississippi state 68 some rupperies travel screw job i mean they they would have had more time. They still would have had to inbounds and hit a three, but they could have also tied it with a two. That was – it's bad when you when you miss that call anyway, but when it's so egregious that the other team stops because there's no way you're going to miss that call. Right. It's just really bad. I mean, you had three guys out there doing the traveling signal. With yeah. Their hands. I mean, they like, basically stopped playing defense and started walking back because they're like, oh, well, that's four steps. You can't can't do that. Could you imagine if that three had gone in? Like because because they got to play it out a couple more possessions and put Kentucky at the line, I felt like you could, in a way, forget about that and how big of a call it was. But if if he makes that three and the game really does end right there, that is a much bigger story. Yeah, and it should be because that was. Uh, I just I don't understand. You know who the ref was, don't you? Do you hear that? No, I didn't. Pat Adams, <laughs> PA crew. And they're the worst, man. I just I just don't know what happened. I don't know if they're all three looking at each other like you're gonna call it, you're gonna you're gonna call it. No, you're gonna you're gonna call it. And then no one just no one does. Mm-hmm. But it was it was bad. Yeah, like Chris Jans, like you said earlier, Chris, in the breaks, like that that is a technical every other time. Ten times out of happened. ten. Yeah. But because everybody knew, even the refs knew that, hey, we just probably blew this game here. Uh yeah. 
And because it was so late and because at that point Kentucky's in a foul to they don't want to give up a three, so they're they're gonna foul. There's no chance for a makeup call. You can't miss that call that late because you don't allow yourself any time, and especially with as tight as that game was, there's no call you can make there to try to even it out a little bit. And if I'm a Mississippi State fan this morning, I am am not okay. That was – and you're at home. Like, the defense does everything right. The guy gets off balance. He was trying to pass it to someone. I guess it got cut off, and he just took an extra two steps. Like, oh, well, it just – Mm. Uh, State had battled back too. They hit their final seven field goals too. Oh yeah, it was even, six six minutes to go. I thought that point. game was over. Yeah, uh, I'm watching that game on mute, listening to VR, and Russell says, "Well, it looks like this one's over." I checked the score. I'm like, "Yeah, they're not going to be able." To. And then they they fought all the way back, and to do that at home, you know, the crowd's finally getting just really amped up, and then to have the refs miss that call so blatantly, sad. Because Mississippi State had been on a pretty good little run, hadn't yeah. they? Uh, they knocked off Arkansas Saturday, I guess it was, and mm-hmm. putting together a little run, trying to make a push for the tournament. I don't know if they're currently like a last four in, last four buys, or what. But Mississippi State, yeah, uh, they were the last four in as of last night, and Ouch. Kentucky was second on the first four out. So they probably flip flop, and again, they they still have to make a shot to either tie or take the lead. But you hate to see the game end that way because now Kentucky's probably going to jump up to last four in and Mississippi State's on their way out. Yeah, uh, you said you're watching the game on mute, but they even were talking about that last night that Lenardi had Kentucky in the final four in with a win last night, and obviously they got it. Kind of. No, we, we just can't let Kentucky get in the tournament because, well, they got the sweep over Tennessee. That's what really got them in. You know, we got to go to Rupp and, and – and beat their ass like just kind of man up and just take care of business. and i mean they they still have some challenging games coming up obviously they host us this weekend they got to travel to arkansas i believe the final night of the regular season and they have auburn which is at rupp arena so i mean there's some potential there for them to drop a couple more games but Mm -hmm. it'd be nice if we could uh maybe put the nail in the coffin for them this weekend so, assuming all other things stay the same, Lenardi did say last night after our game that by winning against Alabama, we overtake Arizona for the final two seed. That would put us, again, assuming this is somewhat the same now, um, as the two seed in Kansas's bracket, mm. okay. uh, which would be the East bracket, the New York bracket, uh, and if... I, I guess they kind of always switch this around, but uh, <clears throat> that would put us in Sacramento. Mm, yeah, good draw. Well, you can drop to the three and go to Greensboro. But you would play, assuming you're that two, you'd play Ryder in round one, and then this obviously wouldn't happen, so there will be some changes to be made. Uh, but it would be Missouri and West Virginia winner in round two. West Virginia is – I can't figure them out. Is it traveling in that Kentucky game? Was it with like eight seconds left? Then that's – I think so, right, Hickman? Yeah. And, it, and then so it, they went to the line to make two free throws and then put them up four. That yeah. was it? Yeah. Well, uh, no, because they back and forth and then uh, – The travel occurred with about 50 seconds left. Okay. Yeah, because then at that point Kentucky was fouling – I think they went up three. They were up two, and I think they hit one free throw – 
Then Kentucky was fouling on the inbounds to put him at the line. Didn't want to give up a three. So the last minute of that game took a really long time. Okay. Yeah, West Virginia lost at Texas by 34 after beating Iowa State by five. And they beat Oklahoma by 32. Yeah. The team that beat Alabama by 30, West Virginia beat by 32. And then that same West Virginia team lost at Texas by 34. I cannot figure West Virginia out at all. You think it's interesting that Mississippi State didn't try and miss their second free throw down? Yep, I do. Two with um, three seconds left. I was looking. I was actually watching Jans, and he's 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 talking to like everybody but the free throw shooter. And apparently they they got out rebounded pretty bad in that game. Um, at least that's what they were saying on the on the post game SEC Now show. So I don't know if he was worried that even if they missed it, they probably wouldn't be able to get the rebound. But. Yeah, he shot his normal shot. Actually, I thought they'd do it not only the last time, but even the time before, because I think they shot free throws with 5.6 seconds, and then they were shooting their next batch of free throws with like 4.4 or something like that. Because mm. they were just fouling Shibway as soon as he touched it, so yeah. not much time was going off the clock. And then Kentucky's fouling immediately because they don't want to give up a three. Right. So I I was a little surprised that they didn't try that really on both but especially the last one because there just wasn't there wasn't enough time left and then they throw a baseball pass at the very end that was about as perfect as you could ask for and as the guy kind of gathers it and turns to shoot it just falls out of his hand i thought maybe they were going to call a foul there no, I, he just lost it yeah no, I just watched uh, just on the quick replay i'm thinking oh did he did yeah. he get his arm did he get his arm i was i know it's risky I was also surprised that Mississippi State, knowing Kentucky's going to foul to not give up the three, like just immediately catch it, maybe not immediately, but like go into a shooting motion and just you know, as soon as just, someone's getting close to you, just uh, I mean, you might something. as well. Like I mean, they were you know they were itching to foul. It would have been if if the rules applied like they do in women's basketball in the NBA, and you could have gotten that ball advanced to half court. I think they would have been more likely to do that, but you know you don't want to pull up from half court or beyond, try to draw a foul on a three because a lot of times I feel like the refs don't award that anyway. I mean, so well, that would have been better than what ended up happening. I mean, no, I, I agree. I agree. Off. Well, we'll come back with more. Stick with us. Uh, run down the SEC standings. A&M in great shape. Uh, now Tennessee's actually two games back, but obviously a good chance to catch them, and you got the head-to-head coming up, so it'll be good. Stick with us right here on 3 and Out. Hour two rolls on. Yeah, the end of the Kentucky uh, Mississippi State game sucked. Did you go back and watch it? Yeah, the old four step shuffle. Yeah, no one made a traveling sign like you said though, and they got were just super lazy on the offensive glass. Wait, yeah, the guy right behind him started doing that. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I'm not, I just watched it too. I'm not making it up. 
Oh, okay. I see the one guy. Yeah, not the guy on him, but a guy. One guy, yeah. three guys. What's I see the difference? I, I see it. it was, Hundreds he was kind of crowd were doing it. Oh, yeah, the, the <laughs> whole student section. Yeah, had they, the, had they, the call, they saw it. Had they the call. I mean, uh, it's not really – I don't know whose call that is. The ref under the basket – yeah, that's weird because he's crossing from like one zone to another as far up. as what the rest. I think he's yeah. waiting to see if he's got to call a foul on the shot, but then he just kind of like walks into his jump stop, you know. Just bad. But Mississippi State, like they couldn't, they could just couldn't come up with a ball in the defense. They kicked a ball out of bounds one time as the guy fell over and rolled, and then they lost one off their hand one time. Yeah, he touched that then, ball four times and then just tips it out of bounds onto the uh, the padded part of the goal. And then they didn't they didn't block out on the three. Kind of a weird bounce off that three, too. Mm-hmm. Like how it goes back to front lip, but then kind of curls back towards the baseline. Yeah. Yeah, just yeah. unlucky. Unlucky. Not that, you know, eight seconds down two. I don't know. Maybe they win, maybe they don't. But I didn't realize the foul, I think when they inbounds it with like six or seven seconds, I mean, he gets almost to the three-point line before Kentucky fouls. Mm-hmm. I've... At that point, I don't know if he knew they were going to foul, but you probably could have heard Cal yelling, foul, foul, foul. You just pull up for a little little floater there. You might get three shots, or you might hit it and get four yep. points, not shots. Obviously. Back to the Big Orange Philly phone lines. we got Jay up next. What's up, Jay? You're on three and out. Hey, guys. Uh, good morning. Morning, bud. Uh, so, uh, what a game. Um, I, guys, I think the refs helped us with allowing it to be so physical. Um I don't know if we can win a game against Alabama just running up and down the court trying to outscore each other. You know, I think we had to kind of turn that game into a a rock fight, so so to speak. And and I think the rest allowed the team, both teams, to be physical. I think that, I think that really helped us. It one hundred percent did. I mean, I thought it was physical both ways, but if they start getting, I mean, just look at the number of people played we played what eight guys they played 11 or 12 Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. i mean we don't especially with two guys out and i mean we're i'd say we have decent depth but with two guys out i mean you're losing a lot as you get further down the bench you know if if we have to rest a bunch of guys especially guys like uh zakai who picked up when he picked up his third i got a little nervous but if we'd had Mm -hmm. to rest guys for foul trouble uh, that one, that one could have got bad. And if we just weren't allowed to play our style of defense, so yeah, yeah. I mean, that, I mean that could that could come to get us in the tournament. We just get a ref crew that calls every ticky tack thing, and we can't play our really physical brand of defense. I mean, that you know, it could just be something like that. I mean, it's uh, uh, but guys, do we with with Barnes and his recruiting? It seems like a lot – we don't seem to get a lot of great scores. We seem to – I mean, you know, like Josiah and Jaden Springer and Keon Johnson and, you know, a lot of these five-star guys, they're great athletes. They can play some great defense. But we don't seem to get a lot of great scores of the basketball here. Is that is – that, I mean, who who's the great scorer that we've had besides maybe Grant Williams and – I don't know, perhaps Admiral Schofield. Who's the great scorer of the basketball that we've had under Barnes? It seems like we get guys who are great athletes, great culture guys, great guys who are going to give great effort on defense, but we don't get a lot of guys that can just flat out shoot the rock, score.
score the rock on, on, on the offensive end. You haven't had that one guy. You've had you got a bunch of players who can get hot on a given night, but it's a product of the offense too, though. Yeah, I know. I agree. Like, like if if Kennedy Chandler played in Nate Oates's offense, you would you would say he scores like he's one of the best scorers in college basketball last year. I think. Do you like our offense, Nate? Um, I don't love it. It's not. It's not bad. It's just I. The concepts we run are fine. They're they're really good stuff. I just wish sometimes when we start to go into that drought, we would we would call some specific plays to get a bucket or or get to the line. We just we just I just don't like how Rick will just let them play through it to the detriment of mm-hmm. the offense. Sometimes I mean Kenny Chandler averaged 14 points a game last year. Like that's not bad. And a lot of that was due to a high average later in the season when he's going for 16, 17, 18, you know, low 20s. Yeah, I wonder what his uh, conference average. But I, he's kind of the only one, I think, Jay. I mean, you make a good point. I, I think it's I think it's both. I think Barnes likes guys that are um, athletically, like, gifted and kind of raw. I mean, mm-hmm. he's always yep. loved those types of players. Like, Eve Pons comes to mind. I mean, a guy that just – I mean, even uh, Kamwa's like that. Like, the dude can jump out of the gym. Yeah. I mean, physically, like, our teams at Tennessee would destroy most college teams at at the – if there was a college basketball combine, our guys are going to be mm-hmm. stronger, jump higher, be faster, longer. Um, well, remember, but, remember when Bone got to the combine? Yeah. And we're like, oh, let's see how he does. Oh, he's the fastest, yeah, the, highest vertical in the yeah, combine. It's like, yeah. well, what? Who? Yeah. I mean, Jordan Bowden was a really athletic Super guy. Super athlete, yeah. Um, but But – the offense, the the he requires so much out of them on the defensive end. It, it's I mean it's kind of like football. Like you just can't have the best offense and the best defense. You just can't. And so it, it it's a little bit of our style, and also I think a little bit of the way the way we recruit. So I think it's kind of a both thing. At least that's my opinion, Jay. Well, you know I remember when Pearl and Steve Forbes were here, and they said when they recruit kids, they want to find guys who can score the basketball first, and they'll teach them how to play defense. And it's almost like uh, Barnes kind of takes the, the flip side to that. Mm-hmm. He wants to find guys who are going to be great defenders, and then we'll just fit you into our offense sort of deal. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, every, like, the, 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 the diehard recruit-following Tennessee fans that really follow this stuff closely, there were a lot of them that said, when Josiah Jordan-James was signed, they said, hey, this guy can't score. I don't know why he's a five-star. And the 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 sheeple and the official insiders on those recruiting sites basically told him to shut up. Rick Barnes knows what he's doing, and those people were right. I mean, they were right. Josiah Jordan James has been really good for for Tennessee basketball. He's he was never yeah. going to be a twenty point a night type of sure, guy. He sure. just wasn't, and that's okay. And maybe Rick Barnes knew that, but for the for the the whole like, well, you can't you know you can't say anything negative about. I mean, just to say, hey, this. This guy is in a score. He doesn't. He wasn't a scorer really in high school. Um, so like, he just is what he is, like, and that's a, that's okay. We got a lot of guys though that are like. I mean, if you had one really good scorer on this team, it would just you know it would kind of change everything. Well, I, I, you know, I know he's not gonna play this year, but that Freddie Dillion, whatever he, I can't even say Dillion, whatever his name is, that's here now. His his tape is impressive. He looks. I think he has the potential to be maybe one of the more explosive scores Barnes has had here. We need it. We will. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. See you guys. Thanks for the call. Yeah, I mean, it, it's 
some some offensive systems are are just are going to feature guys more. I mean, Kennedy Chandler was a scorer right out of the gate. Um, Kevin Punter developed into that role. I mean, yeah, he went was, to shot camp. He was a bucket uh, once he once he worked on a shot. The I think Johnson and Springer, I guess, were were just disappointing because that team just just never really put it together on offense, and their skill set, you know, was. It was just a little different, so that that was that was tough. They were kind of tweeners, but uh, I don't know. I mean, it's just it just is what you're you're gonna get. And then when Tennessee plays hard nosed defense and can just be efficient enough, like they proved it last night. I mean, they could have been a little better on offense and beaten any, any team in the country, um, and that was without two of their best defenders. Which I mean, super impressive. Um, if you can play with that type of consistency. In the tournament, I think you know you can beat anyone, and hopefully, some of these breakdowns and late game situations against Vanderbilt, Missouri, maybe those do give you, in a weird way, some confidence in an NCAA tournament game that's coming down the wire, and you got to you know get the ball inbounds, make free throws, you know challenge shooters without fouling them. Like, I mean, sometimes the scars are uh, you know worth it uh, at the right time. We'll see. I was just looking at last year. Uh, your leading scorer was in the 20s 11 times last year for Tennessee. Mm. So sure. far through this year, again, we've got five regular season games, the SEC tournament and the NCAA tournament. You've already had 10. 10 games where your leading scorer was in the 20s. Huh. Well, I would not have guessed that. I wouldn't either. But it's a lot of different guys this year, I'm sure. Yeah. Kumwa, Zakai. Kumwa's done it James three times. Key's done it. Maybe once. Yeah, once. James has a couple. Yeah. I say a couple. I mean, Ziegler did it against Arizona. He had 21. Come on, 27 is obviously the, the high I mark of the season. Right. Yeah. Huh? Make, Phillips make, had 25 against Southern Cal. Makes, I'd like to see that Phillips come back. Yeah, it makes Tennessee a, a tough scout, right? Like, it's, mm-hmm. it's easier to know how to stop Alabama than it is Tennessee, which is kind of weird, but that's just the way it is. Final segment, hour two next. Final segment, hour number two. Uh, their top 25 action last night. Uh, Virginia beat Louisville 61-58 in the <laughs> ACC. Louisville is terrible. They're now 3-23 and on the season. That doesn't <laughs> sound possible and for a team that for Louisville. you can debate is a blue blood. It's gone now. I think that's where the line was. It was. It literally was <laughs> when we got from the blue teams to the first red team. That's where we drew the line. 1-14 in conference play. Uh, Marquette, big home win over Xavier. Both teams in the top uh, 20 last night. Marquette wins 69-68. And uh, Indiana went on the road to Northwestern, got upset in the Big Ten, 64-62. In the Big 12, Hickman's Iowa State Cyclones, 70. TCU, 59. Big win for... uh, Why are you happier about that one than you are about us? This boy. I'm not. I'm just doing a celebratory hand motion. Oddser McDouble. San Diego State beat Fresno State 45-43. Shoo. A late two-point conversion. That was, but, a, uh, 
Well, it was a tribute to the Tennessee-Auburn game. Yeah, like the leading scorer for San Diego State, I think, had eight points. <laughs> Just a rounded effort. Yeah. yeah. There you go. There's your, your top 25 action in uh, college basketball last night. Uh, Tennessee takes on Kentucky at 1 o'clock on Saturday, Rupp Arena on CBS. Ooh. Yep. Uh, Texas hosts Oklahoma. Iowa State and Kansas State play. Um, Baylor and Kansas is the big one on ESPN at 4. Top 10 matchup there. And um, that's pretty much it. I mean, kind of the second biggest game of the – Saturday slate, I feel like. Second or third. Us? Hmm? Really? I mean, I, th- I mean, I think so, just because it's – I mean, we're a top ten team. It's a rivalry. There's only mm-hmm. a couple ranked versus ranked games. That Baylor one – Baylor-Kansas is the biggest. And then, like, there's Iowa State versus Kansas State. But that's like 19 versus 12. Mm-hmm. So, I guess that, that one's right before. So, basically, 1 o'clock you got Tennessee-Kentucky. 2 o'clock starts Iowa State-Kansas State. Both teams in the top 20, and then at 4 o'clock, Baylor, Kansas. There's no other ranked versus ranked games on Saturday. So, kind of the the, the – this is kind of that February Blues stretch normally in my head, but hopefully Tennessee kind of already got that out of their system and they'll, they'll play with an understanding of – how high the stakes are now down the stretch. Has to be a big confidence boost last night, right? I mean, yeah. Yeah. not only because you won, but I mean, the last two weeks have not gone uh, well. Even not though gone Auburn swimmingly. win felt like crap. Yes, no, I think I think we said that that Monday. I mean, we won the game, and it felt almost. I mean, there have been losses that haven't felt as much of a loss as that Auburn win did. Yeah. Yes, I mean, hopefully. You know, you've got the really – you know, you said we play one of our best games of the year against Texas. Obviously, I feel like it was one of our best performances of the year last night. That stretch in between those four games, hopefully that's the low point of the season. Florida Florida lost, Auburn win, Vanderbilt, Missouri losses. Um, you know, hopefully that – you know, you can start to kind of keep playing better and better. I mean, I feel like that the defensive effort we got last night, I feel like that will be there in any truly big game. Now, will we – Maybe not play with that same effort against South Carolina at home for a while in the game. Maybe will we not play with that good of effort um, at in stretches down the stretch? Sure, but you would think an NCAA tournament game you're going to get that defensive effort we got last night because it's everything's on the line. Yeah. Can the offense just get gradually a little bit better and better, especially as you integrate Julian Phillips and Josiah Jordan James back into the lineup? Hopefully. I would have say surely for Phillips, but I don't know. We'll have to wait and see on James. Mm-hmm. Feels like the schedule. I mean, you don't have a ranked team left, but feels like every team, with the exception of probably South Carolina, who just isn't very good. I think every team left on the schedule has something that should get get your attention as you prepare for the game. Like Kentucky got to avenge the first loss. Right. Auburn, one of the toughest environments in college basketball. Yeah, and uh, you know you you had a really close game with them the first time. Uh, where you didn't play well, but you forced them to play like junk. You're going to go to A&M and Hickman. I think you're probably right. If they win this weekend, that's going to be a ranked team when you go down there next week. Uh, Arkansas, I mean, they've got some holdover players from last year, and that was a really good – They're going to be on the bubble. Yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah, And you do get them at home, which I think is really good for Arkansas. Getting South Carolina and Arkansas at home out of these five, 
I actually don't hate it. Obviously, you've already played Kentucky at home. You've already played Auburn at home. Um, I don't mind getting Texas A&M on the road because I think that's going to be an environment and a team that, again, should get your attention going into that game. That's you know that, that was the one thing about Vanderbilt especially. Maybe not so much Missouri, but they just shut the lights out. Um, it feels like we just kind of throw the ball out there sometimes against weaker opponents. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, I don't know. It's, it sets up nicely though, because like you said, there's not a lot of reasons to lose focus. Yeah, but overlook if, somebody. But it's also stuff. not like you got to play three of the top six teams right, either. Right. So you should have a good opportunity to close close strong and head into tournament play. We'll uh, head into hour three next. 